The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Now, the Cabinet today was briefed on proposals for using the large budget surpluses that are expected in the coming years. And that's something we'll be talking to the Minister for Finance, Michael McGrath, on tomorrow's programme about. But it's expected there's about £65 extra money coming in because of the huge increase in corporation tax receipts. So what should be done with that money? Should it be saved, used to pay down the national debt? Should it be spent on all sorts of infrastructure? Should it be given in extra pay increases for public servants? Could it go towards tax decreases? Well, we've two guests with us. Michelle Murphy, who is Research and Policy Analyst with Social Justice Ireland. And first, Dan O'Brien, Chief Economist with the Institute of International and European Affairs. This €65 billion estimate... How likely is it that we will really rake in that extra cash? Okay, 100% guaranteed, Matt, it will not be $65 Okay, Nobody can predict, not the people in the Department of Finance, not any economist, can predict with any accuracy how much money is going to be taken in and how much spending is going to go out. We've got a better handle on spending because that can be controlled. But nobody, nobody knows. And the Department of Finance itself has got its fingers wrong, new figures wrong numerous times when it comes to tax, particularly corporation tax. So let's just hold our horses here because I'm getting a really strong 2005 Celtic tier, Tiger era vibe going on that we all think the good times are going to roll forever. This figure is based on years and years of good times rolling. Now, we're living in an incredibly uncertain time. There's a war in Europe, inflation, higher interest rates, still big risks of recession. So this idea that we're guaranteed years of big budget surpluses and we've loads of money to throw around, you know, this money hasn't even been collected. This is just an estimate of years in the future money we could raise. So I think we just need to hold our horses and not lose the run of ourselves as we did during the Celtic Tiger. Michelle Murphy from Social Justice Ireland. What do you make of that particular argument from Dan? Well, certainly in terms of the larger 65 billion figure, yeah, I mean, that is a projection. But we saw last year that the budget surplus was higher than projected. And if you're just looking at what is in the stability program update for this year, so the, the Department of Finance is saying 10 billion. So like, we'll take that as face value. And we have been clear, and we were clear on the day that the stability program update was published, that one-off windfall tax revenue should not be used for current expenditure. It should be used for one-off investment in addressing infrastructure deficits. Obviously, the most appropriate starting point in our case is House, social housing, but then you're also looking at things like our energy infrastructure, the national grid, our public transport, one-off investments that will give the state an asset that's an, an economic and social benefit in the longer term, but certainly, you know, this one-off revenue should not be used to fund current expenditure, and neither should government be using this one-off revenue to avoid the conversation we need to have about broadening our tax base, because no matter what way you look at it, we're population is growing, it's aging, we're going to have to collect more revenue in the longer term to fund the services and infrastructure that people expect. So we can't be using this one-off revenue for that. It should be used, invested in one-off infrastructure, but, but Michelle, particularly social housing. Yeah, isn't the issue though that, you know, even 10 billion this year won't mm-hmm. get you all the social housing that you need? And once you start adding in all of the other things that you rightly mention, okay, the 10 billion goes very quickly and you are planning then to use future income that we don't know we're going to get. 
So then you look at the 10 billion and social housing is your priority. You use it for social housing because you could argue that that's the greatest pressure on our economy and society at the moment. But also, regardless, Matt, of whether we have 10 billion, 65 billion, we're still going to have to upgrade our national grid. We're still going to have to, you know, reconfigure our public transport fleet so it meets our climate commitments. We're still going to have to fund the health infrastructure that the regional health areas are going to require to meet the needs of a growing and aging population. So whether you've one one off windfall revenue or whether you need to look at your tax base itself. Either way, those things are going to have to be funded. I suppose it's up to government to decide then how they're going to fund this. But I don't think it's ideal for government to, or not government, but certain ministers to be out, you know, saying months in advance of a budget that there's these massive surpluses and they're preparing papers as to how it's going to go because you shouldn't you should be clear with people that this money needs to be invent, invested in one-off infrastructure it's not there to fund current expenditure and it's up to government to look at the tax base in terms of how it's going to fund current expenditure going forward okay Dan O'Brien there's a long list of things that Michelle says we need to invest in as infrastructure how much of that would you regard as essential or how much is optional that's a really tough question, depending on, on all sorts of variables. So, for example, even the idea that we are guaranteed continued population growth, like, let's be clear, nearly all of our population growth now, because our birth rate has come down a lot, is about inward migration. Now, we know that if our economy goes into recession, the people who come to take up jobs won't be coming because the jobs won't be there. So it's actually possible in a very uncertain world that if we had a recession, like we did in 08, 09, 2010, that people, more people leave than come. So if that happens, it's, it's possible that we could have less people in the, in the country and our population in different. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just sort of saying that the, we're getting back into that mentality where we think everything is boom forever. There are risks out there. And I just think we need to be really careful that we don't get into this sort of view that our expectations are, you know, that we're guaranteed good times forever. So many of the things Michelle said, I completely agree with. We need to invest in infrastructure and if money is going to be spent, it should be targeted on infrastructure rather than recurrent spending, which locks that money in. And if something goes wrong, we're back into sort of the austerity nightmare, which nobody wants. Dan, there are quite a few people texting into 087-4100-102 saying that they actually want tax cuts that if the government is taking in this much more money than expected then that suggests it's taking too much income tax from them and particularly the particularly the hated uh, levies that have gone on top the universal social charge being one particularly featuring in the tax messages is this a time to consider giving people back their money by having a reduction in taxes well, again, just as I can fully see the things Michelle talks about in terms of infrastructure, there's a very good case to be made for those. There is also a very good case to lower the taxes that went up in 2008. USC was supposed to be an emergency tax. 15 years on, it's still there. I can perfectly see how people say, why don't we restore taxation to uh, 2007 levels, personal taxation? So I can fully see all those arguments. Again, it's a bit of a killjoy economist. I've got to come on and say, look, we have an inflation problem right now. If we start cutting taxes now, we are simply going to add fuel to the inflation fire. So much as I can understand demands for more spending and more and cut tax cuts, doing them in the middle of an inflation crisis is about the worst time to stimulate the economy. Michelle Murphy, you've talked about changing the tax base. What do you mean by that? Because I think a lot of people believe that they're paying too much taxes and are fearful when you start talking about that, they could end up paying more. 
What I'm talking about, Matt, is broadening the base because we're overly reliant in this country on income tax, VAT, PRSI and corporation tax, and the bulk of this the projected $10 billion is, is corporation tax. And the problem is, and as um, Dan rightly pointed out, if there are issues in it, and ultimately those, those corporation tax revenues, they are going to move elsewhere as this OECD BEPS process progresses. But, that, you know, as we age and our labour force shrinks, then also you're going to generate less money in income tax. So you need to look at broadening your base and how you might do that. And particularly looking at, as you know, we've climate goals, we've climate targets. So there are there particular ways that we can look at environmental taxation, for example, taxing, not taxing the good, the good that people contribute to the economy, but actually taxing people or the corporations that damage the environment because at the moment our base is very narrow and if we were to have any type of shock then we'd be in a very difficult and challenging situation and just to make the point that a tax cut is a recurring revenue so if people want tax cuts they have to figure out how that's going to be paid for every year and if taxes are cut that means that the level of money available for services is cut and are people willing to then accept less services in return for that tax cut or are they going to identify where else we're actually going to raise that revenue. Dan, what about paying down the national debt? I mean, is that necessary when we have such a strong growth in population at present? Do we need to worry about the size of the national debt? We absolutely do, because by some measures we have a unusually high government debt. So let's let's be, you know, last year we had a very good situation where the government was taking in $8 billion more than it was spending. Now, that was very good and long may that last. But let's just remember our national debt wasn't 10 times that, wasn't 20 times that, it was 28 times bigger. So we still have $225 billion in debt. Paying, if, if you're going to, that debt constantly becomes due, gradually over time, it becomes due and the government has to pay it back. Usually what it does is, it issues new debt, new IOUs. Now at the moment, the cost, the interest on those is rising, rising, rising. So if the government doesn't pay down the debt, but the interest bill is going to go up, Everyone, pretty much anyone who's in debt, whether it's a mortgage or a government, they're paying more in interest. And the way interest rates are going at the moment, it means the servicing cost of national debt is going up. If we use this surplus to pay down the national debt, it means, one, we don't have an inflationary impulse. And two, it means we're better prepared in the future for anything else that goes wrong because we've got a lower national debt and we won't get back into trouble as we did in 2008 and as we did back in the 1980s. So I think the prudent thing to keep inflation under control and to be better prepared for the future so that we can help people if we have another recession, not get into austerity and a crisis, is to pay down the debt now. And what about the possibility of a special savings fund, Michelle, to be used for things like pensions in 10 years' time? I mean, certainly an element of the, these resources could could be ring-fenced or hypothecated for a savings fund or the debt. But ultimately, a savings fund will only ever deliver so much. The pensions, the healthcare needs of an ageing population, uh, the infrastructure upgrades, the infrastructure requirements, they are going to have to be paid from the tax base. So we're never going to get away from the, the discussion that we need to have about the amount of revenue we need to generate because a wealth fund is never going to be able to generate the income that you need to fund all of those things. And, and that's just the reality. Those are just the facts. And I don't think anyone in this country would thank the government at this point in time. People people cannot afford, you know, we, we've record GDP growth. We're almost at full employment. People, Young people can't afford to live here. People are being priced, single people are priced out of the housing market. We have a housing and homelessness crisis. If government do not use the, you know, the unexpected revenues that they have to address some of the biggest problems facing us, they will not be thanked. Surely at this point in time, we've been through good times, bad times, 
good times again. Who knows what sort of situation we're facing in now, but surely we should have learned something from the mistakes, we, mistakes that we have made. And we look at the problems we have and how we address them now, because future generations certainly won't thank us for, for not using that money wisely and not investing it where it's needed most. Thank you very much, Michelle Murphy from Social Justice Ireland and Dan O'Brien, Chief Economist at the Institute of International and European Affairs. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-